Welcome to Financial Fitness Bunny Podcast, your one-stop shop to all things money management. My name is Nicolette Mashila. I am also known as the Financial Bunny and here to put lipstick on the money pig. So, which book have I been reading? It's a book called Money Magic, an economist's secrets to more money, less risk, and a better life. I really like it. Uh, it's written by Lawrence J. Cotton. Gottlikoff. I probably am pronouncing his name very incorrectly, but he also co-authored the New York Times bestseller, Get What's Yours. I like reading books from economists, and I'll tell you why, because I'm not an economist at all, right? Um, and in actual fact, at Rhodes University, I was doing economics and legal theory at the same time, and I struggled with economics so much that I wish I could get a second chance. It's like, you know, some people want a second chance at like maths paper two. I want a second chance at economics at first year level at Rhodes University because I understand it so much better now and I think that somehow the world of personal finance has become a little bit more accessible. I think even authors, economists themselves and professionals, financial advisors are starting to use everyday language to be able to explain these phenomena in economics and I think that's what Lawrence does in this book. He really assists you in understanding the economics behind some of the personal finance stuff that we have have to obviously deal with. So if you are looking to increase your spending power, enhancing your standard of living and making your own money magic, this is the book that is written for you. In actual fact, John Malden, author of Thoughts from the Frontline, says money magic is a financial freakonomics. You love this amazing book. It's full of wit, wisdom and startling paths to a better financial life. And Nobel Laureate in Economics 2001 and co-author of Fishing for Pools, um, George Akerlof, he says Money Magic is quite is, is quite probably the best financial advice book ever written. Now that is a big accolade. The best financial book ever written. I'm hoping that one day I can write the best personal finance book ever written. I do think that it is the best. The one I've got right now, What's Your Move, is the best in South Africa. But you know what? Tooting my own horn. So let's not get into all of that. Today's episode, we're talking all things credit score. What is a credit score? How does it determine your worth? I know a lot of people like to do this weird thing where they tie their their self-worth to their credit worth because obviously your credit score is your credit worthiness. It's how the banks see you. And one of the biggest things that I always explain is remember that the banks see you as an investment. A lender sees you as an investment or a business uh, prospect because ultimately when you go to the bank, you say, I want to borrow money. The bank says, right, we're going to borrow you, but we're going to charge you an interest rate. And that interest rate basically is like rental. You see how I have properties and when I want somebody or when somebody wants to live in my property, I charge them a rent. Basically, the interest rate is rent for borrowing the bank's money. That's literally what it is. So if you take out a credit card and you've got a facility of 40,000 rand and the bank says, okay, we're going to charge you 23% of whatever you use. That's basically them charging you rent for using their credit card. I mean, it's simple as that. So you've got to see it like that. But how do you make sure that you borrow better and get good terms and conditions on your credit agreements? It's by making sure that you maintain good credit worthiness. Now that credit worthiness, of course, is then represented by your credit score. So basically, your credit score is a numerical representation of your credit worthiness. Um, today's credit score is not your forever credit score. 
it's very important to understand that. I think often people think that, you know, I'm stuck with it. You know, it's like, it's not a name, guys. It's it's not like go to home affairs and you are now Nicolette and you are Nicolette forever. Another thing, just quickly to digress, every single person that meets me and I and I introduce myself as Nicolette, Mashile, and then they say, what is your African name? Yes. I, I, we need to discuss that because I don't know if you think I was there in 1988 when names were being dished out. I was not there, okay? So Nicolette is my name. And if I were to tell you my second name, it would even be even more rowdier because my second name does not do me any justice, guys. And if you can figure out what my second name is, please drop it in the comment section. I actually want to give the first person who gives my second name a big prize because it's there. I mean, it's out there. It's public. But um, because I never really say it, people don't know what it is. So your credit score is not a government uh, uh, stemmed statistic on you. You can change it. There's ways in which you can definitely change your credit score. And today I want to speak a little bit about what are some of those things that you would need to do to make sure that you maintain a good credit score. So let's start off with how does your credit score come together? Your credit score is based on your credit behavior. So one, you have to have credit. For there to be behavior, there must be credit. So you've got to take out credit accounts. And I know people always complain about this, but at the end of the day, how are they going to score you on something you don't have? It would be unfair to simply give you a credit score based on nothing. So you do need to take out some credit. Now, one of the biggest ways that is often advised, but of course this is not financial advice because we're not a financial advisory podcast, is take out a credit card. A credit card is a facility. It's not debt. And we need to really, really make a distinction between that because often people say, Oh my goodness, you got a credit card. Oh my goodness, I'm going to get... No, 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 no. Just because you've got a 40,000 Rand credit card does not mean you've got 40,000 Rand debt. Until you use the 40,000 Rand credit facility, then you've got 40,000 Rand debt. But as long as you've got a credit card and it's got 40,000 on it and it's in your name, it's on your profile, you simply have an accessible credit line that is worth 40,000 Rand. So that's what we say to a lot of people is get the credit facility, get approved for the credit facility. Then you've got credit, right? Now, ultimately, what that means is that when the banks look at you, you are somebody that also has credit. That that way, the credit bureaus will start giving you a credit score. It does require a lot of discipline. So what I always say to people is you're going to get paid a salary, right? Take your salary, put it on the credit account, use your salary on the credit account with the money that is yours. So there is activity on the credit account, but you're using money that is yours. Because what is called, it's called a credit score, not a debt score. So they don't score you based on having debt. They score you based on having credit and access to credit. So that's step number one. Step number two is once you've got the credit, how do you behave around credit? You see, we always say how we determine whether people are classy. We want to see how they behave around people, how they behave around the wealthy, how they behave around the sophisticated. Well, how are we going to determine your credit? We're going to see how you're going to behave around credit because some of you all like to wild out when you've got a credit card you want to max it out when you've got you know uh, store cards you want to buy things for people i'm just buying a phone for my family my uncle needs a phone so i'm gonna take it out on account you better stop it you better stop it because that behavior is one way to poverty one way to denying you credit one way to get you into over debt 
over over indebtedness. So please don't do that. Your behavior is very important because it does determine your credit score. Ultimately, it's what the banks are going to use to determine what level of risk you, that is that goes hand in hand with you and your profile. So how then do you make sure that you are actually behaving well? The good behaviors are one, you need to honor credit agreements. So that means that there is a minimum amount that is expected to be paid by you every single month. It's called your monthly minimum repayment. Whether it's a store card, a credit card, they will charge you using the credit um, um, outstanding balance. They'll charge you using the interest rate that they've offered you and the loan period or the credit the credit agreement period. And they will determine a minimum monthly payment that you need to pay. You've got to pay that amount of money. And then there's a thing that we do where we say, no, I'll pay it on the third, but you're supposed to pay on the first. Your debit order goes through on the first. You can't decide in your house between you and your four walls that you're not going to pay on the third. No, you have agreed on a legal document that you're going to pay on the first. So you've got to make sure there's money in your bank account on the first. Because remember what the machine does, because it's not a person who's scoring you. It's an algorithm. It's a machine. It will pick up non-payment. And then it is going to put a strike on your name. No! So make sure that if you say you're going to pay on the first, you pay on the first. You don't pay on the third. And secondly, pay the right minimum amount. If, you, if your minimum amount is 500 every month, you can't leave 300 in your account. Firstly, the debit order is going to bounce because it's going to say insufficient amount or insufficient balance. Then it's going to be a non-payment. You can't negotiate between yourselves and not include the people that you so gallant when you wanted this credit. Now all of a sudden, when are you want to negotiate on your own as to how much you want to pay every single month? No. Remember, a credit agreement is a legal document. You agreed. So very important is to pay every single month, pay on the right date. The second thing you've got to do is to make sure that you keep what is called your credit utilization below 50%. What is credit utilization? If you've got a credit card and they've given you access to credit worth 40,000, you should only use up to 20,000 Rand. The moment you start using above 50%, you look like somebody that is holistically dependent on your salary plus credit. So it means that you are living beyond your means. It is a clear indicator that you actually need more money every single month than what you actually earn. So it's important to make sure that you're keeping that credit utilization below 50%. And the way banks work, and the reason why they say 50% is because they also know, for instance, if you have a car loan, there's no way you're going to use below half of a car loan because you've got to use the whole car loan to buy your car. So that's why they cap it at 50% for these short-term type of loans that you've got, right? The third thing you've got to do is stop this weird thing. We do this weird thing where we want to prove to ourselves that we can afford things so that so we go onto sites and we consent to credit checks. Stop it. Yes, you can afford the M2, okay? You don't need to go and ask for a credit check to see if you can afford the M2 because that thing looks like you are constantly looking for credit. Remember, again, it's a machine. The machine doesn't know because you are just checking. Because you didn't consult the machine and say, oh, hello machine, today I'm just checking. No, the machine thinks you are actually looking for credit. So as long as you are doing real credit applications, it will cost you because it is a strike on your name that you are constantly making credit inquiries. I know it can get confusing because we then say, check your credit score. You can check your own credit score for job purposes, for personal reasons, 
that are not credit applications. And you can do those as many as you want. They are called soft inquiries. But the moment you do a credit application, that is seen as a hard inquiry and it will come against you. The other thing you've got to make sure that you don't do is this thing of out of the blue, just settling loans, paying off credit card, paying off this thing. Now, I'm not saying there's not something wrong with it, but I'm saying be wary, especially if you're going to apply for something. Be wary of settling loans and then tomorrow you want to apply for something. Because when you settle a loan, remember, banks are not silly. Banks are profit-making companies. They want to make their money. When when they put together your credit agreement, they almost do what is called, they use a, a loan multiplier to calculate how much money they're going to make from you. So they know after four years, this is how much money they're going to make. So let's go back to that example we used in a previous episode with the home loan. If they calculate and give you an offer over 20 years on the 1 million rand home, they know you're going to end up paying 2 million 300 and something thousand. If you take it over 30 years, you're going to end up paying 3 million 200 and something thousand. The moment you start shaking up those things and you pay in less amount of months, it means they make less money. So of course they are upset. Of course you are pissing people off. So what do they do? They penalize you for it. Because the credit agreement said 20 years. You are paying it less. Is it a good idea to pay it less? Of course. But remember that you need to be good with your timing. Because it will reset. As I said, your credit score is not your, it's not your name. It will reset eventually. But you've got to make sure that you are timing it very well. So that it does not come and bite you. The other thing you've got to do is make sure that when you are taking up credit, make sure you've got a good and healthy mix of credit facilities. So if you've got short-term loans, you must make sure that you've got unsecured debt and of course, you know, secured debt or secured credit lines rather, so that you get a good and competitive interest rate because they're now seeing your behavior on secured debt and unsecured debt. All of these things play a very big role in making sure that they build towards your credit um, and profile. The last thing, log in to the guys who give you credit scores and credit reports. Log in. I promise you it doesn't bite. Log in. You get one free one from the big guys, the likes of TransUnion, Experian. But I know that even the, the, the banks now, they give you a credit score. Um, there's Kudo. There's the likes of uh, ClearScore. They will give you one every single month. This is to make sure, one, that you are checking if your particulars, your personal information is correct. You are also checking if somebody else is not doing what is called identity theft and stealing your IDs and opening up accounts that you know nothing about. It's just about security and verifying the information that is on your credit report. It's going to be very important for you to be able to do that so that you are keeping up with what is actually happening on your credit profile. The last piece of tip that I want to give you is don't do this weird thing that a lot of people love to do where they want to pay off, fix their credit score and then within two months they want to go and apply for credit. Banks generally will look at the last 24 months depending on the credit facility that you are looking to get. 
So it's very important to remember that we don't fix our credit scores to take out more credit. We fix our credit scores so that we get ourselves some negotiating power. One of the biggest things that I get asked is what is a good credit score? Each and every single credit scoring reporting company plus the credit bureaus have their own legend of how they determine your credit score. But your credit score needs to be on the higher side of whatever the credit score. So for instance, I know that with um, TransUnion, it goes up to 999. On ClearScore, it goes up to 705. So it depends on the service provider that you are using to be able to gauge what your credit score is. But I think one of the big things that I want to leave you with on today's episode is that your credit score is not constant. It can change and you have the power to change it. There you go today. That is a brief overview of what a credit score is, how it's determined. Remember, it is an important aspect of your financial well-being. So be sure to take care of it. But as always, thank you very much for tuning in to Yes, Money Does Matter. I will see you guys on the next one.